Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Matthew 8 and verse 1. When he had come down the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Verse 5. Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. New King James. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Speak a what? Speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, to that one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness with those weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed from that hour, verse 14. And when Jesus had come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. When evening had come, he, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. How many? All who were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Father, thank you for your word. Truly is a lamp unto a feet light upon our path. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and release your power here in this place of those online, those upstairs. Come on, won't you just pray and ask God to touch you, to heal you. God, even as... Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on those who were listening. May it be like that. May faith arise. May healing flow. May your kingdom be released. For where the king is, so is the kingdom. And God, we know that you're here theologically. We know that you're here. You'd taken up residence on the inside of us as we believed on you, as we repented of our sin and confessed you as our Lord and Savior. And God, so we know that you're here. We know that you're on the inside of us. Now I pray, God, that you would come. Release your power all across this place that lives would be forever changed because of the finished work of the cross. Healing and salvation purchased for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All of the Gospels have a theme The theme of Matthew, as many of you know, if you've been a student of God's Word, 
The theme of Matthew is that Jesus is king. I want you to say that. Jesus is king. During the time of the Revolutionary War here in America, they had a cry that came out that said, no king but King Jesus. That was a, that was a war cry that they had as they rebelled against England. Taxation without representation. No king but King Jesus. And when you look at the book of Matthew, you'll see the power of the kingdom put on display throughout the entire book. And it really is rather profound. This text tells us a historical event of, of three different miracles. The first one is the miracle of the leper. And what's powerful about this is that lepers... <laughs> They had a disease. Oh, it's far worse than COVID. It's called Hansen's disease, and they found a result of healing for that now. But, but back then, and I, I lived in Hawaii for 14-plus years. In, in Hawaii, they had a, a leper colony, not unlike leper colonies in Bible times, where if somebody had leprosy, they were sent off. I mean, if you were discovered to have leprosy, I'm just saying, forget about a mask and social distancing. You, you got social distance for the rest of your life. They would pull you, moms, children. They would pull you out of your family. You never even got to go back to say goodbye. And they would rush you off to a leper colony where you would live the rest of your life in a leper colony. Now, I don't think any of us here understand that. I lived on Molokai for a season, uh, almost two years and there's a, a place called Kalapapa. It's a, a leper colony there on the island of Molokai. And it's this peninsula. And to hear the stories of what they did to lepers, it's, it's unthinkable. In fact, Siobhan, you're from Molokai. You could probably tell this far better than I could. But they would take family members and they would put them on boats you, and 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 bring them over to Kalapapa, and they didn't even land the boat. They would throw lepers or who they presumed to have leprosy because some people didn't have leprosy. They just thought they did. They had a rash, you know, that kind of thing. There's horrible stories. And they would throw them off the boat, and they would have to swim in. And there was a whole, there was a whole leper colony there, and I think there's just a couple people remaining now that grew up and lived there. And there's a movie that Pastor Vince is actually in. Is that right? Are you in that movie? No. Must be Pastor, it's Pastor Robert. It's Father Damien. Pastor Robert, who's going to be here at our power conference. Sorry, you guys kind of look alike. You know, that guy. <laughs> Similar anointing. And uh, Pastor Robert was in a movie and different people in our church in Molokai. I think we have three different extensions there now. There's a movie called Father Damien. And uh, you can get that. I think it's on Netflix or um, Amazon. You can go and check that out. And it's the story of how a Catholic priest got so burdened for the leper colony that they would hear the gospel, that he went down and he gave his life to serving them, and he ended up with leprosy, and he died. And, um, in fact, there's a church that was uh, there uh, on the island of Molokai, and it's uh, the Father Damien Chapel or something like that. Yeah, in fact, uh, 
Mom, you might remember when we did that extended fast, that's where I started from to go up that mountain, right from that church. I don't know if you remember, a little chapel right there. Leprosy was a wicked, wicked thing. And so if you had leprosy, you would actually have to stay away from everybody. And by law, you'd have to yell, unclean. So if you came near, you couldn't go into town. People, your family would drop off things in baskets and, and leave things and then run away. You couldn't touch anybody. So when it says here that he comes out of the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Why? Because he had power, because he had the answer. That's why you're here tonight. That's why a church on a Sunday night is packed out with people because you know that God has the answer. Come on, how many of you know God's got the answer? God's got the answer. God's got the solution. He's got the power. He has the ability. He's not only willing, he's able. And this leper says, Lord, if you're willing. I mean, I, I could just stop on these first verses and, ne- and not preach one more thing. Because most people understand that God's able. He can. He can do all things. How many of you know? I mean, <laughs> he could do all things. He made the mountain. He made the seas. He made you and me. He can do it. How many of you know God can do anything? He can do, he's God. But he says, the leper says, Lord, if you're willing. I think everyone here believes that God can do everything, but not everyone here knows that he's willing. He's willing. That's a revelation. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, look at this, this is so profound. Jesus put out his hand and touched him. He what? He touched him. I don't know when the last time this leper had been touched, probably, probably by an, a, another leper. Listen, they've shown that people, people need touch. Did you know that? Do you know that babies need touch? In neonatal intensive care units, that literally it's a part of a nurse's job to minister, to talk to these precious babies that are in these incubators and to stroke their heads and to love on them and to touch them and to comfort them. We we need this. It's actually, it's a way that we're designed. You're, You're not supposed to not have touch. Now that's been perverted, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's quite a thing. Jesus touched a leper. You might be here and think that what you've done is, is far greater than anything Jesus could do to set you free. In other words, maybe you feel unclean. Maybe you feel defiled. And maybe you are. But I'm telling you that Jesus can heal you. Jesus can cleanse you. He's reaching to you through my voice tonight to tell you he's not only able to do it, he's willing to do it. And he's willing to touch you in places that that only you know about. The broken places of your heart, the secrets of the past to free you from those bonds, even tonight. He reaches out and he touches him. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Wow, that's amazing. The leper came worshiping. That's what we've come done, come to do. We've come to worship him. That's what we've been doing. He came worshiping. And, and he believed the leper, the leper had some faith here. And you gotta ask yourself, how did the leper have faith? I think somebody told him. I mean, how did you come here tonight? Somebody told you. I, I've had people in the community that says, oh, what, you're a pastor? I say, yeah. What church? I go, uh, King's Chapel. 
I see all the cars in that parking lot. Do you know that that speaks right now, right now, with a few hundred people here in a parking lot full on a Sunday night. People drive by and they're thinking, they're thinking to themselves, what the heck is going on over there? I mean, every time I go by here, there's cars. I mean, seven days a week. Seven days a week, there's cars in the parking lot. It's a challenge for when they have to plow because there's the cars. One day we will be a church that never closes 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You want to go to a prayer meeting at 3 in the morning, by God's grace we'll be open. We'll have teams ministering. It'll be amazing. Come on, somebody say it's going to be amazing. I was talking to my brother when I was driving in, and I was, you know, I'm just like, man, I, I'm driving up Lucille, and I see all the blinkers going on for turning into the property. And I'm talking to my brother John, my older brother. He's older than my other older brother. And I said, I said, I'm going to church, and I look at all the blinkers going on. And he says, oh, oh, I wish we had that here. I said, man, the parking lot's full. He said, that's amazing. I said, I know. He said, you know, people are hungry. I'm not here because it's a job. I'm here because I'm hungry. I'm here because I'm thirsty. I'm here because I'm desperate. I'm here because I know that there's a God in heaven who can touch me in, in the leprosy of my life. Can I say it that way? And so when people are driving by and they're seeing that, listen, the leper must have seen the multitudes. Maybe this is the Messiah. Something witnessed to him. And he had faith. God touched him and commanded him to be clean. It's one of the keys of releasing miracles. You don't beg. You, you speak to sickness and disease and you command that thing to go. You never see Jesus, oh, Father, please, oh, God, please. He, he commands sickness to go. He commands disease to go. He speaks and says, be healed. Leprosy, go. Be cleansed. So he, he commands it to go and he's completely restored the second miracle is the miracle of the centurion. And this is, this is also profound because here's this Roman centurion. You'd have to study some culture of the times of Romans. They weren't exactly nice, okay? But this centurion, there's something different about him because he has a servant. Now, servants were considered chattel. They're considered they're not worthy of anything for a normal Roman centurion. He's a man under authority, but he cares. And you can read about the centurion in other gospels. He has a fear of the Lord. He did things to expand the kingdom. He helped God's people. And he cares about his servants. So he's not a typical centurion or a wicked, perverted Roman. He has a fear of God. And he, he does something that, that I, I, I would to God that many believers would do. He believed God's word. He had a revelation of the authority of God's word. If tonight, as I preach to you, you could come to an understanding of the authority of God's word. He spoke, and then there's light. 
We take it for granted that in our Western world with the scientific method, we rationalize everything and, and, and bring it down to the science of how something happens and we dismiss the supernatural power of the word of God. When God wanted to make something, he spoke it except mankind. He made that with his hands and then he breathed the breath of life. The centurion had, had great faith. I mean, it's amazing. He says simply, speak the word. He sent forth his word and he healed my disease, says the prophet. God's word. When God sends forth his word, as it says in Isaiah, it does not return void. It goes forth to accomplish the thing that he sent it forth for. And yet it says in, in the Matthew 6 chapter he says to them, you nullify God's word by your tradition. You know what's interesting to me is that God can speak to light and it exists. He can speak to water and it parts. He can speak to sickness and disease and it goes. But yet when, when man, through tradition, can unplug the power of God's word, man through religion, through tradition, through unbelief, that's how powerful you are. Rocks don't have a choice. They'll, they'll cry out. Water has to part. Light has to exist. But you, because you're made, listen, get a hold of this. You, because you're made in God's image, because I'm made in God's image, we can unplug the power of God's word through our unbelief. Oh, I'm telling you, when God speaks, that's it for all of creation. But with man and women, mankind, made in God's image, we can shut down the power of God. And he could not do many, he could not do. That's an unusual scripture. He couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. When, when you see the rod of Moses, the rod of God extended over his hands and Aaron and her on either side, and you see that all, while he had it raised, they would win the battle. But when it was lowered, they would begin to lose. It's interesting. The rod stretched out over the Red Sea, parted. The rod stretched out over the Nile, became blood. But when it had to do with man, why is that? Because you're made in God's image and you can shut down the anointing through unbelief. I mean, that's quite a thing. That, that means it takes, there's some responsibility on our part. The centurion had a revelation of the authority of God's word. Who, who, uh, whose authority are you under? Who's the ultimate authority in your life? I, I've, I, I witness a lot and uh, in witnessing. I run into people, you know, that have the craziest ideas. Well, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I believe in that it's all, you know, I believe in Valhalla. I believe in the alternative universe. And, and, and my question is, after they explain to me what they believe, I said, well, why do you believe that? Um, I just do. Well, who are you? It's just what I think. That's a problem. Because man's mind is finite. Oh, no, I, I'm going to bet on this. I'm going to bet on the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bet on this book right here, which cannot be refuted, never contradicts itself. And as I said before, which is offensive for those who say it, if you find that it does contradict itself, that's only because you're ignorant and uneducated and you need to be discipled. It never contradicts itself. So if you find a place, oh, well, 
No, no, it's just you don't understand, so you just need to learn a little bit, then you'll find out, well, it's not contradicting itself at all because that's not what that means, however you read it, which comes from either Hebrew or Greek, different cultures, three different continents. Writers moved along under the inspiration of the Spirit. It was the number one, it's it's the first book that was ever printed on Gutenberg's printing press. It was number one when it came out. It's still number one, even though the New York Times doesn't talk about it. It's God's Word, the Bible, the book, the book. And the centurion believed God's Word, understood the authority, recognized the authority, and what the centurion believed took place. I want you to say that. What the centurion believed took place. Say it a little bit slower. Think about it for a second. What the centurion believed, what are you believing for? Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not believing for anything. I, uh, uh, well, welcome to nothing. What are you believing for? Come on, think about it. What are you believing for tonight? Why did you come tonight? Well, I come because it's like the greatest party in town. I know, that's why I came too. But I came for some other reasons also. It's a miracle service. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? I mean, think about it. Come on, close your eyes for a second. Ask this question, what are you believing for? And if you're coming up with like, I don't know, we'll change that and start believing for something right now. I mean, the leper came. He knew what he wanted. The centurion came, and he was believing that his servant would be healed and no longer tormented. What are you believing for? Belief in the Greek. The Greek word is pistis. It's called faith. Confident assurance of what you cannot see. What are you believing for that you cannot see that you're hoping that God would give to you according to the word of God? I never heard it like that. Yeah, you have personal responsibility. I don't really like that so much. I know, I kind of wish that he just came and poured it in, you know, lifted the lid off of our, our heads and just poured it all in and bang. Water walking. Disciples. No, he wants you to grow. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to partner with him. He wants you to believe. What are you believing for tonight? The centurion, what he believed took place. Peter's mother-in-law. I have a a wonderful mother-in-law. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And the same story is told in Luke 4, verse 39. In fact, Luke, who's a physician, says it differently, says she has a high fever. You'll see that he used words that others didn't because he was a physician. He used the word a high fever. So she gets healed. Jesus touched her hand. And listen, healing comes all different kinds of ways. Through the word, through the spoken word, through through belief, through touch. So, So don't make a doctrine out of, well, if you have a high fever, then you just touch the hand. And when you touch the hand, then the high fever goes. That's not how that works. But but it does say that he touched her hand. And she got healed, and she got healed and got, got out of bed and made a, you know, a rack of lamb. She made some food and ministered to everybody. Hallelujah. Ah, she was healed. 
And then lastly, before we talk about why Jesus heals and then move into a time of miracles and healing, because how many of you need a miracle tonight? I'm going to move into that here shortly. I'm trying to build your faith through the Word of God. Lastly, verse 16. It says, when evening had come, when evening had come, they brought many who were demon-possessed. Somebody said, Pastor, we don't see many demon-possessed people. You haven't been around long, I guess. I I see them all the time. Listen, just because it's not slithering on the floor. Most of Western America has dignified religious demons. They fold their hands. They behave themselves, mostly. There are some exceptions, like on Molokai. There's some exceptions there. There were. Many people are affected by demons that don't even know it. Come on, bump your neighbor and, and say, are you hearing this right now? Now, if there's red eyes looking back at you right now. <laughs> hey, demons are real. And you know something? Demons are real. Demons are real and they want to they hunt you down and they want to hurt you. They come to steal, kill, and destroy. They need to be forcefully evicted. There's, there's times, even now, I'm, I'm living for God. I live a holy life, and when I'm convicted of having done something wrong or something in my heart, I repent. I live a lifestyle of that. I don't have any, and I'm, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm checking, I'm good. Amen. My eye gate's good. I'm living for God. But there are times when there's an assignment that comes, and you have to stand and rebuke that thing. You know, you don't have, you don't have to receive everything. You start feeling sick. Send it back to the devil. Don't receive every package that comes to your door. You don't have to receive, you don't have to receive a bad report. Whose report will you believe? Send it back. Say, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. I've heard reports from doctors, you know, oh, well, you must have this. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I have divine health. Come on, say that. I have divine. Say it again. I have divine health. I am blessed. Say it. You ought to say that every day. I don't let people speak things over me. I don't let people say stuff. Well, I just don't. The power of your words is is important. And so Jesus healed the all of them that come. And I love this verse. They brought to him many who were demon-possessed. If you're here tonight... And you feel like you have demonic activity in your life. And I don't really like using the word possession. We don't use that so much around here. We like to call it demonized as opposed to possession. Uh, and, and that comes from Dr. James Morocco, who is my pastor and is our global pastor. Is there demon possession? I'm sure. But many people think that just because they came to church and they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and I don't want to minimize that, but you can come to Jesus and give your life to him but still be bound in pornography. 
He wants to set you free. You can still be bound by greed even though you call yourself a Christian and you prayed the sinner's prayer. Just because you came to an altar and you repented of your sin, and, and again, I don't want to say just. That's an amazing miracle that in one moment you can be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. That's amazing. But Simon Magus in Acts 8 did the same thing and he was bound. There's many believers, and that's the way I like to look at that. That's like the way that we like to say it, that you can be demonically bound. You can, have a, you can have a spirit of fear that rests on you to try to hold you back from moving forward in faith. He said, well, does that mean I'm possessed by a demon of fear? I wouldn't think of it that way. I don't think we understand spiritual, spatial realities. See, the truth is, if you had a spirit of fear that was defecating on top of your head, how many of you would like to get rid of that? That's disgusting, Pastor. Yeah, 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 okay. So I said, well, I can't have a demon because light and dark can't dwell together. Okay, yeah, I understand that, but you have one on your head, and it's making a mess. So it might not be on the inside of you, but maybe you're handcuffed. Oh, Simon Magus. Acts 8. So if you're here tonight and you, you've been bound, you realize, I think I got some, I think I hear voices. I understand. It's not talked about in many churches, and I think it's simply because, well, I don't know why. I don't really know why that would be. I don't know why churches don't talk more about demon, demon you know, being demonized and being bound. I don't, I don't know why people don't aggressively go after addiction and pornography. I don't, I don't know why it's not taught. Because most of America is bound by that. Most of the church, not here, of course. Bump your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Well, hopefully I didn't make you lie just now. He healed them all. He what? He healed them all. How many were healed? All. All who were sick. And I love how it says that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah. 700 years before, he took our infirmities. Isaiah 53, verse 4. That's what that is. Why does Jesus heal? Why does God heal? Because it's his nature to do so. He's a, healing, he's a healing Jesus. He's Christ the healer. He fulfilled what was prophesied concerning the Messiah. The Messiah was prophesied to release healing. And so when you study the Old Testament, which is a picture book of New Testament reality that we see played out in the New Testament, you see that people are healed everywhere that Jesus went. Can I tell you what should happen here? And I believe it does, but I want to go to another level. Healing. Breakthrough. Every service. People that are bound by drugs, no longer bound by drugs anymore. People that are addicted, people that are in fear, people that are confused and perplexed, marriages that are broken, can be healed. Romans 5, 12 
says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. But Jesus is called I don't, the second Adam by some translations, but I prefer to call him the last Adam because there's no third Adam. Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned. Sin and death entered the world and sickness is tied to all of that. And when Jesus came, he's the last Adam that took sin took sickness, took disease. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquity. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Think about that for a second. Biblical meditation is to take the truth of God's word and, and let it get deep in your heart. Think about that. He bore our sicknesses. He took my sickness. He took my disease. Jesus, the Messiah, prophesied in the Old Testament, manifested in the New Testament. All who came to him were healed. He took my disease. He took my sickness. He took my infirmity. On the cross, he took all of my sin, giving me his righteousness. He took all of my sickness, giving me healing. Sickness is not of God. Healing is from God. Come on. On earth as it is in heaven. Come on. You say, well, I and everybody. Shut up. Believe God. Everybody's healed that's saved eventually. You might be in heaven when you get the fullness of it. But meanwhile in the earth, you contend. You fight for it. You contend. You believe. Listen, people do things. A lot of people would like the building that we have. Well, go ahead. Build it. You need some faith to build what we've built. I'm not, taking any, I'm not taking credit for that. It's a miracle of God. God partnered with us and done all the things. You want God to pour out his spirit and do amazing things in your family, in your kids, in your life, in your business? Get some faith. I don't like that. I know, I don't like it either. I want God just to come and do it. But that's not how it works. You got a partner with He looks for somebody to believe. He looks for somebody to stand. It's a little bit of spit that went on you right there, but... I already had COVID, so it's all good. <laughs> and I brushed my teeth and everything, so. All right. Jesus came to break the curse of sin and death. The greatest enemy is death. I have no fear of death. One day you will die. That's right. That's a testimony right there. Gonna die, gonna die, gonna die. <laughs> All of us. Where you go will be dependent upon whether you made a choice to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But don't just make it your Lord and Savior. Make him your healer. Make him your deliverer. Make him your Lord. Really, the true definition of Savior is he heals your whole life. All right, God's speaking to us very simply. Keys, please. Faith is needed and seen in three ways. The leper's faith, the centurion's faith, 
and the faith of the multitudes. The leper's faith, the leper's faith he believed, but he lacked understanding. If you're willing, he didn't know that God was willing. He lacked understanding. Many people believe that God can. They don't know that he wants to. So they're hindered in their faith because of that. The centurion's faith. He's the only Gentile who had great faith. Why is that? He had a revelation of an understanding of authority. The guy that was talking to me, and as I was witnessing to him at the gym, telling me about his understanding of alternate reality and Valhalla and then some other strange thing. It was like a, it was like a, a hollow hollow, that mixing of its Filipino drink. It's a blend of like five different religions. And I asked him, well, I, why do you even believe that? Well, that's just because that's what I believe. I said, well, who are you? You tell me how planets don't crash into each other? How one second of energy of the sun, one second, just one. Honeymoon's shining somewhere right now, the sun. One second. More energy that's been produced in the entire recorded history of mankind. Light and heat. And God said, let there be light. Oh, uh, no, I, 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 it's a combination of gases and, and fusion reactions. Stop. You have no idea. They don't even know how deep our ocean is. Average depth, average, 17,000 feet. That means when, and I, and I went in the water when I was in Maui. I, I stepped in there and the, the waves are, you know, got into about an inch of water. So let's say an inch to the deepest that they know. The average, you understand averages? Average depth, 17,000 feet deep from one inch to the Marianas Trench. There's, there's places that don't, even, they don't even know what's down there. And, and, and mankind comes up with these ideas of how, oh, like, who are you? You're, you're a created one. We're special, we're significant, but you start living according to your own authority, you're gonna crash and burn. No, you need to bet on the God's word, and that's what the, that's what the centurion did. God's word is the final authority. I said God's word is to be our final authority. But many people don't see it that way. So they pick and choose, they cherry pick scriptures, and they, they don't really take the entire counsel of God's word. True story, Pastor Brian told me this. He had a guy come, I, I don't know if it was in Oregon or it was one of the churches that he was pastoring. Somebody came and said, I don't believe God's word, it doesn't work at all. He said, what are you talking about? He said, I... I read that, and I tried to raise my kids that way, and it didn't work at all. He says, what are you talking about? This is a true story. He said, I read this one verse. It said, spare the rod, spare the rod and spoil the child. So I did. I didn't spank them, and I spoiled them, and they're all the biggest bunch of brats you have ever seen. And all my... How many of you know that would... He didn't quite understand what that meant. It's no joke. That's an actual thing that happened. And that's somebody that, we have people, this happens. This happens. People come in. Maybe you're here tonight. You don't have a home church. You're not getting discipled. If you don't have a home church, I know a guy. <laughs> this is a great church. Great leaders. But we're not perfect, and you'll never find the perfect church. And if you do, don't go there, because you personally will ruin it. 
perfection will be in heaven. There, there's people, and people, we all have issues. But if you don't learn God's word and you don't develop relationship and you don't learn to do life with people and get accountable and learn to come against the assignment of the enemy and learn how to walk by faith and believe like the centurion and believe God's word and take steps of faith, learn to tithe and handle your finances and handle your emotions and learn how to be a good husband, learn how to be a good wife, learn how to raise godly children, then your life's going to be jacked up. Well, I, 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 I just want to do it on my own. You can't. You, it's impossible to have a godly life. The monastic movement was not of God, but God used it to preserve the word. Man is not supposed to be alone. There's seasons of Gethsemane. There's seasons where you are alone. But you better quick come out of that season as God leads you and partner back up with your with your tribe. Run together. We're supposed to we're supposed to run with a herd. We're supposed to do this thing together. You can't do it alone. And so many people are ashamed and they're not connected. Whole nother message, but it must be for somebody. What Jesus did then, he's alive to do today. And he uses his people. The Bible says that these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's a promise. It's a promise. His work is seen in the, in the early church throughout the book of Acts, and his work is seen today. I think I shared, honestly, I can't remember if I shared it or not. I don't think I did. I was in a room prophesying over a whole bunch of people, and And the atmosphere changed in the room. The presence of God is here. How many of you know that? Come on, lift your hands. The presence of God is here, clearly. But it wasn't like this. It shifted. And something happens in my spirit. And as you spend time in God, and I'm not saying that there's anything special about me that's not special about you. You're special. I'm special. We're all special. We're all special treasures in his sight, but the Holy Spirit will move in you and stir in you and touch you and do things in you that he might not do in somebody else. In the same way that I've got different fingerprints and my iris is different, and we're all different, we're all unique, the Holy Spirit will move in you. The gifts of the Spirit, you have to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit. So it started on Kauai years ago when we had angels show up in the service. Pastor Vince was there. When that happened, right before it happened, the fear of the Lord fell. And what I mean by that is that every, there's nobody coloring anymore. It got terrifyingly holy. It's, it's the only way I can explain it. And I personally was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. Pastor Josh Morocco, who will be here at the Power Conference, was on the keyboard not unlike Minister Micah right now. And he he got on his knees and eventually lied on the ground. Well, wh when that happened, I backed away. I didn't know what to do. You know, God gives us plans. We move forward. I'm not sure how the rest of the service is going to go. I don't have that. 
And in that moment, I backed away. I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to mess this up. Because you can mess it up. You can get in the flesh and be like, come on, everybody. Let's sing Jesus Loves Me. Because you get uncomfortable, you get in the flesh, and then you don't have any power displayed. Because you're nervous and you're scared. And you don't want to look like a fool or have God lay you out. I'm just telling you what pastors go through. You so override that with your flesh that you'll never have a move of God because you're afraid of what people might think. I don't care what you think about me. (laughs) I'm a fool for Christ. It's too late. (laughs) It's too late. I'm consumed with love for God. And I, I, I know I'm loved here and I love you too and there's some that hate me and I don't really care. I'm here to please the Lord and fulfill the assignment that I'm on. I'm on an assignment. And so I think because of maybe fear, I don't know, sometimes we do things that the Lord doesn't want us to do because of whatever. We just want to take control. So I backed away, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do. And I backed away off to the left-hand side, and I said, God, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? And I've shared this story many times. The Lord spoke to me, son, you can take the service and it'll be good. Or you can let me have it. And I thought, ah, go right ahead. And in that exact moment, something swirled in my spirit. It was like a wheel within a wheel. You've heard me share it before. And a flash of blue light went off to the right-hand side. And the church began to fall out. People, I mean, people getting on their faces all across the place. Hit it on the ground, weeping, crying, some laughing. And another flash of blue light went across the left-hand side. Listen, if it was just me that saw it, that'd be one thing. But Pastor Vince was there. There was many other people that were there. The church still remembers in Kauai. There were three transvestites in the back. Maybe there's four, three or four for the first time in our church. When that happened, I will never forget as I, as I was getting on the ground, I heard them scream and I looked up and I saw these four men that were dressed as women run towards the front door screaming. I mean, blood-curdling screaming. They hit the door and took off. And the power of God hit that place and people got healed and people got touched and people got set free. And I, I've shared this before. One of, those, one of those guys came back and he joined the church. He got all offended when Pastor Vince called him a girl up at the altar. He said, how can I pray for you, ma'am? And he went back and told his sister, he said, ma'am. He called me a ma'am. He says, well, you know, you are wearing a dress and a bra and everything. It's a true story. It's a true story. You can't make that stuff up. He's like, oh, yeah. God's honest truth. He began to change. Soon he was wearing pants and then halter tops, and soon he got rid of the halter top. Am I right? You know, it wasn't all in one service. His name is Patrick. And he is one of our great leaders. He's one of our great leaders today. Now, you know, 15 years later, he's one of our great leaders because God, by his power, broke the devil off of him. And he came to Christ and he submitted. He got involved. He got discipled. He started learning the word. He broke all ties from the devil. And he said, no, I'm going to live this thing. God touched me with something that I've never been touched with before. And Patrick is a great leader. 
And one day he'd be married. He's looking for a wife. Amen. And you'd never know the transformation that's taken place in him is amazing. I was in Kentucky and I'm praying over this Indian family from India. And I feel that swirl in my spirit. And I thought, ooh. And this lady goes like this. And I, I notice, and I've got words coming out of my mouth while I'm noticing, prophesying. Let me know what I'm saying. But they're crying. God's touching them. She does it again. She looks back. I said, is someone touching you right now? She says, yes. Yes, someone's touching me right now. I said, it's an angel. And the whole atmosphere shifted. And honestly, I really can't remember the rest of the room. I'm telling you, God is here right now to free you, to break every yoke, to break off disease. Come on upstairs here in the sanctuary, wherever you are at home, lift your hands. Lift your hands and let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon you now. Come upon you now. I curse the work and operation of disease. I curse cancer tonight. I curse diabetes tonight. I command every foul disease to be broken off of your people because of the blood, because you bore our sicknesses. I speak over joints, ligaments, tendons, knees, elbows, wrists, being healed. Begin to move those around. If you need a miracle in your joints, move that joint that you're having a hard time with. Move it around shoulders, carpal tunnel, in the name of Jesus. There's also uh, emotional disorders that some have been diagnosed with. I give you the report today that Jesus had a crown of thorns put upon his brow to take away all mental anguish, to take away all mental torment. He's come to free you. Sin came in through the first Adam, but last left through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Release your power now. Those that are battling or tormented by demons, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Those tormented by demons in darkness, some of you here, you see voices, you see, you see figures, you see dark shadows scampering about. You're lying in your bed, perhaps. It's an example to let you know that these are demons. You're lying in your bed, perhaps, and all of a sudden you, you see something out of the corner of your eye and you look, you're like, oh, God, I wonder what that was. Kind of creepy. Whoa. Yeah, it's a demon. You're sitting at your table and you see a flash of darkness. You see a shadow move. Some of you hear voices. They tell you things like, you're never going to accomplish anything. You're a loser, just like your whole rest of your family. You're never going to accomplish it. You're ugly. Or you're there before the mirror, combing your hair, and you hear the voice of the enemy whispering to you about how you're ugly, about how you're not going to amount to anything. And It's a devil. You need to learn to backhand that thing. You need to learn to speak against it and command it to go. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Demons will come and attack homes and attack marriages and attack kids 
and it's not talked about because a lot of churches don't want to seem weird. I'm going to tell you something. I want to tell you what's weird. I've gotten up on a chair to tell you how weird I think it is. You know what's weird? What's weird is a church that doesn't preach and teach God's word and say it clearly and tell you there actually are demons and they need to be forcefully evicted. What's weird is when there's no healing, no miracles, no salvation, no breakthrough, no unexplainable manifestations of God's power. That is weird. It's tradition and religion and it doesn't free anybody. America needs a move of God. America needs a great awakening. America needs a revival. America needs the outpouring. Come on! Hey! Daniel, the Lord says, that he uniquely made you the way that you are so that you would ever remain desperate and connected to the one who called you, so that you would ever remain connected to the vine. He uniquely made you the way that you are so that you would be a man of prayer. There's a simplicity in a childlike faith that God has given you. The prophetic word will bubble out of your belly and set the captives free. My hand's upon you for leadership, says the Lord. And it's not because you're my son. It's because he sovereignly called you. And even as your, even as your forefathers and your family serve the Lord, you will serve him full time. And you will fulfill the call of God. And you will be a man of prayer. And the word of the Lord will run swiftly through you. Holy Spirit, touch him. That's my boy. You prophesy over your kids. You lay hands on your kids. He's like, Dad, that kind of sounds like a similar word you gave me. Yeah, I've been giving you the word your whole life. Why is that? Because that's the word of the Lord. You need to prophesy over your kids. You need to speak life and tell them, I'm proud of you. You're amazing. You're going to do amazing things. Man, you're an awesome man of God. Gosh, I'm proud of you, Daniel. I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my kids. They need to hear that. You're here tonight. It's going to take some guts. This next call. You're here tonight. And you realize that it's possible that you're being tormented by demons. I am anointed to break that thing off of you tonight. And the truth is, so is every other spirit-filled believer. And I want you to stand up on your feet all across this place. Everyone stand up. Stand up. If that's you, you're like, dude, I hear voices and I see things. Let's break that off of you. Let's break that off. Some of you have a demon of rage. You have a demon of anger. Some of you have a demon of fear. But I'm saved. I understand. Go read Acts 8. There's Jesus never castigated, never shamed anybody. He just would set them free and they'd get on with it. Listen, that's just normal Christianity. If you're here, lift your hands right where you are. Don't go a step further. Come right back here, sweetheart. Lift your hands. Lift your hands high. You need to come all the way in. You need to let go of some of that stuff that people have been telling you about. The Lord says, my daughter, I've created you for greatness. But there has been an assignment that's been like a cord around your heart. 
and it's lingered even over this past year, but the Lord says, I've touched you, I've called you, and your faith has been growing. And I hear the Lord say, I've been proving myself to you like a loving father, like a loving father that you never knew. Some of the trauma that you went through, even when you were in high school, there was an attachment that the enemy tried to get upon you. The attachment, that there was an attachment that came upon you through the trauma. I'm going to close that door. And I'm going to break this thing. Listen, if you need to be free, you know it. Now would be the time that you'd come up now. Because I'll move on. The anointing, the power of God's coming. You just come and line up, please. In the name of Jesus, I command you in Jesus' name. I want you to renounce some of that stuff right now. You know what it is. You say, God, I let it go. And you need to like have a book burning. Go torch some stuff. Go let it go. My, my, my. Look at all these people coming up front. Infirmity and disease can be attached to sickness too. Uh, to, to demons also. This woman, this daughter of Abraham who suffered many things. And Jesus spoke to a spirit of infirmity, and she got liberated. I speak to this assignment that's tried to cripple you and hold you back. I command it to be broken as you as you renounce and as you take steps of faith. You will never again be bound by magic. You will never again be bound by the assignment of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, I speak. Fire right now. Free or now. all across this place and listen if you're not right with God hold on a second if you're not right with God I would highly advise you get right you know why because demons when they leave want to find somebody else to come and, and, and minister to yes so I, I like get right with God right now come on if you got open doors shut them quickly because people are getting set free it's not that everybody has is, is demonized. Please understand. And it's totally normal. Sickness, infirmity is sometimes because, you know, if you went outside in your BVDs and it's 10 below zero and you stayed the whole night outside, you might have a demon. No, no. You're going to get cold. There's natural things that happen also that are a product of the fall, but some things are related to and tied to demons and vows and things like that. Come on, we're going to worship. I'm going to lay hands on these. Minister David, where are you? Okay, you ready? Lead us.
right now. Father, we declare divine healing in the mighty name of Jesus. We command everybody to come into alignment with the Word of God. The Word of God declares you are healed, you are whole, you are set free from every infirmity, every sickness. We command you, spirit of infirmity, leave this house in Jesus' name. We command cancer to shrivel up and die. We command COVID.
Lord is going to use you to turn the hearts of those who've been caught in religious deception. And I'm going to use you. I'm going to put a boldness on the inside of you. You're going to study the Word. You're going to learn and grow in the Word. And as you speak, as you speak from a depth of knowledge and understanding and even revelation, I'm going to open your eyes. I'm going to give you wisdom from the Word. And you're going to be used. It'll mark your life, all of your life. You'll be used as an apologist. It won't be the primary thing that you do, but it will certainly be part of the arsenal. You'll be used as an apologist, a defender of the faith, a gentle, kind word, one-on-one. And you'll turn the hearts of those who were deceived and religiously bound to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. One more time, all of it. Fire! of reverence. We have my scriptures one at a time. Exodus 15, 26. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Next scripture. Quickly, as soon as I finish, I want the next one. That would mean now. Thank you. And he, and ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and shall take sickness. And take what? I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Exodus 23 and 26. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren. If you need, if you, if you're believing for a child, and you're and you're married, believe right now. None shall be barren. The reason you have a womb is to birth children. It's for more than hormones. And all the ladies said, Hallelujah. Number of thy days will be, I will fulfill. Hallelujah. Long life. Next scripture. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. Come on, read this with me. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male nor female barren among you nor among your cattle. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 7, verse 15. And the Lord will take away from thee all, how much? All sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. Oh, that's sad. May we turn many people to love you. Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19. Thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and thou mayest obey his voice, and thou mayest cleave. I used the King James on purpose because the devil hates the King James. On the side. <laughs> cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Hallelujah. Next scripture. Come on, we're, in, we're walking in the land. It all belongs to us. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil before thee, 
neither shall any plague. COVID-19. No plague shall come nigh thy dwelling. Listen, you better buck up in faith because it's not the last assignment of a plague that's coming. It's not the last one. It's just the first current recent one. There's more. Is there? Yeah, but it's not, not coming near my house. Come on, somebody said amen. Well, you got COVID. Yeah, but I don't have it now, and I'm immune. Hallelujah. Come on, God is able. God is more than able to heal and deliver. Come on, Psalm 91, verse 10, because he has sent his love upon me. Come on, focus. Therefore, I will deliver him, and I will set him high, because he hath known my name. Verse 15, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and shew him my salvation. Hallelujah. With long life, he's going to satisfy. Bless the Lord. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He heals us of all our diseases. Oh, King James. Who has forgiven thine iniquities and who healeth all how much how many all thy diseases listen this is the i didn't even get to the new testament but we're getting there let faith rise in your heart diseases have to go in the name of jesus it is god's nature to heal that's just what he does come on next scripture psalm 103 verse 4 who redeemeth my life from destruction is there anybody else besides me who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies thy mouth with good things. That's about what's about to happen as soon as we enter service. We're going to satisfy my mouth with good things. Hallelujah. And thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Wow. Then they cry out unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them. Psalm 107 verse 20, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Come on. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh my God. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I want you to say that. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, attend to my words and incline thy ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And health to all their flesh. Most people have never even heard this many healing scriptures and I'm not even half done. And I want these up on the website, please, if we can. Just a place where they can find healing scriptures and you can print them. Oh, I'm just going to keep going because I feel people getting set free. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That's why you need to speak healing. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I've got divine health. Come on, God before me. Who can be against me? you got to speak this out of your mouth. Put away from thee thy forward mouth. Somebody need to wash your mouth. That was so. And perverse lips. 
Put far from thee. Oh, excuse my French. It's not French. It's a foul mouth. Stop. Get God's word in it. Unless you want foul in your life. If you want foul in your life, feel free to speak foully. All right. Hey. <laughs> Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness, Isaiah 41 and 10. Isaiah 53 and 4, surely this is a scripture, I'm not talking to Shirley, it's just Shirley up there, anyway, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted, Psalm 50, uh, Isaiah 53, verse 5 now. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, or with his stripes, we are healed. Say it again. And with his stripes, we are healed. Next scripture, Jeremiah 30, verse 17. I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion whom no man seeketh after. Oh, hallelujah. Next scripture. Be your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say I am strong. Come on. Let the weak say I am strong. If you're weak right now, start lifting your voice and say, ah, I'm strong. Come on. It's the word of God. Nahum, verse 9 of chapter 1. What do ye imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. Some of you, listen, some of you had cancer, you had disease. It's not coming back. It's not coming back a second time. Come on, somebody say amen. Matthew 8 and 2, and behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make it me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Come on, somebody. And when evening had come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all. Healed what? Healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. My, my, my. Matthew 15 and 30. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And he cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Leave that up. I don't know what you're facing today. I'm just telling you we serve a God who's alive. He's on the throne and he's taken sickness and disease, infirmity and sin. He's taken it. Lift your hands all across this place right now. In the name of Jesus, I command all
sin will open the door for infirmity too. So don't think you can go back to your porn site and think it's all going to be good. That's, it's not going to be good. You can't go back like a dog to the vomit and expect you're going to walk in freedom and power. It would have been better that you didn't lose your devil. Because now he'll come back with seven more and you think you had it bad. Now you really have it bad. Do not go back. Have the fear of the Lord with that. My, my, my. Put your best hand clap together for God all across this place. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't stop. Shout to God. there is a place, it's called hell. Hell comes with sickness, infirmity, disease, and ultimately the lake of fire for those that are not redeemed, those who have not believed on the Lord Jesus and have their sins washed and cleansed by his blood. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Apart from him, there is no life. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the one who made you, who made a way so that you could be forgiven. The Bible says in the book of Romans that he was a propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation is to avert wrath and judgment that was headed for someone and to put it upon another. He, Jesus, became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I don't really understand that. He took your place. You deserve death. So did I. But he took death from you and from me and for all who believe to all who call upon his name he gave them the right to become children of God and if you've never received Jesus I implore you 
to do it tonight. Online, upstairs, here in the sanctuary. Not talking about going to church. Talking about being born again. And when you're born again, you will find a place to fellowship, to hang out with other believers. We don't need more religious people. We need people that have a viable relationship with the Lord. Who walk in freedom and power to change their family, change the community, change the nation. But first, God will change you. You come to him just the way that you are. He'll take out the heart of stone, says the Bible, and he'll put in a heart of flesh. He'll change you. He changes you from the inside out. It's a miracle. The first step is receiving Jesus, believing on him that he died for you and rose again from the grave. All across this place, you say, that's me, Pastor. I want to receive Jesus. Or I want to recommit my life. There's many that receive him, but then they don't live for him. And they don't get in a church like this one. And grow in the things of God. And grow in the knowledge of God. And develop relationships. And get what the Bible calls disciple. It's imperative. And so people that don't get discipled, they fall away. And they're in a service like this. And the Holy Spirit begins to touch and unlock their heart and remind them. If that's you, get right with him tonight. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Want to recommit because you drifted. You want to come home. Or number three, you just want to be sure of your salvation all across this place. You say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you for your honesty. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. It's going to take some courage. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're serious, want to get right with God for the first time. You want to recommit to him, number two. Number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. On the count of three, won't you do it now? One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. 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 Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're serious, if you're serious about it, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to meet me here. Why would you do that? Well, we have found that if you can't acknowledge in front of people that you're going to serve God, then it's very hard to serve God in front of people that hate God, which is the world. And so Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. There's something about taking a walk to the front and saying, I, I commit, I'm committing, I'm giving my life to God. If you raise your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be included tonight as we as we bring this service to a conclusion. You know, do you be included tonight? Step out from where you are and meet me right here. Come on, come. Come as close to my hand as you can. There's many others that are coming with you. Just come. Now this church, this is where you get excited. This is where you clap and say, come on, praise God. Come on, just come as close as you can. Come all the way up to the front. Come all the way up to the front, all the way right up here. Come on, come on, make room, make room. All the way up to the stairs. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Now you can give a crazy praise. People are committing their life to Jesus. Do you remember when you did that? Do you remember when you gave your life to the Lord? Come on. Hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Just right out loud. Online, upstairs, on all our platforms here in the sanctuary. He said, well, I'm right with God. Well, just affirm your faith, all right? And if you if you didn't, you couldn't come up, I'm not going to shame you. But you pray this with all your heart, all right? Won't you? And then get plugged in and be a part of this great church if you don't have one. 
Pray this with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.